Continuing our series, The Biblical Case uh, for the Multi-Ethnic Church, and, you know, we talked last week a little bit about the concept of race. It's not, you know, a biblical concept, you know, as, as we lay it out. Um, you know, we say there's, you know, the black race, the white race, the this race. The, the, there's no, there's one race uh, according to God, and that's the human race. And, uh, but there's various ethnicities, various nations of, of mankind, and so we talked a little bit about that last week. Um, and I think it's important. It's an important message. It's an important concept for us to get because too many times the church can fall into the ways of the world right. and start to segregate ourselves based off of skin color. Yeah. And with God, it's never been about skin color because all men come through God. Right. Every ethnicity of man has come from the Lord. We're all the same. In fact, Acts chapter 17, verse 26, we'll read it again from last week. It says, and he, meaning God, has made from one blood every nation of man to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. So from one blood, every nation, every ethnicity of man was created. That word nation in here we, we looked at last week is the Greek word ethnos which is where we get our word ethnicity from. So when God is creating the animals, the birds, the insects, the fish, there's different kinds, different species of, of, of dogs, for instance. You know, we're going to be, unfortunately, buying a dog here soon. Uh, I'm not a dog per- I'm not an animal person. I don't hate animals. I just don't want them living in my house, right? And uh, I know that's going to get me in hot water with some of you, but that's just me. And uh, playing Monopoly one night, my daughter's never played Monopoly. And it's like, all right, I can't wait to beat everyone down in this. And she goes, if I win, I get a dog. I'm like, okay, fine, because there's no way she's going to beat me in Monopoly, Right? Mike, what I wasn't counting on is my wife teaming up with her, and I end up losing, so we'll be getting a dog. And so we're looking at what species of dog we're going to get. There's no species of man, right? We're all the same. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be digging into this concept of the multi-ethnic church and why it is so important for us to get, for us to understand, for us to buy into, if I can use that word. It's time that we break from, you know, not all church tradition is good tradition. And this whole tradition of black church, white church, and so on, that's not a good tradition. That's something that we should actually pray for God to start to break. You know, when we talk about one of our pillars is that we are, we pursue reconciliation, reconciliation in every way, but primarily racial reconciliation. Let's let, if the world wants to be divided among race, fine, but that's not going to be the case in the church. Amen. So I want to take some time this week to talk about the first reason why I think this whole concept of the multi-ethnic church is important. And we start to dig into it a little bit last week, but, but we'll go a little bit deeper today. And that is that uh, we are all created 
in the image and likeness of God, and we come from one father, that father being Noah, physically. Amen? Amen. So every ethnicity of man is like a, a, a reflection of, of who God is, and, and, and we are related to one another. When we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God is creating the world, and on the sixth day, he says, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. So only man was created in the image and likeness of God. That means we're different, and we should treat each other that way, right? I remember I had been saved about a year or two. I was at work, and, you know, I work in the financial services industry. This guy came into the, to the uh, I was working at a bank as a financial advisor at the time, and I was thinking, I don't want to help this guy. And it was all based off of my prejudices, right? He had a big old cowboy hat, cowboy boots, big old cowboy belt buckle. And I'm just like, I'm not going to help this guy. I don't want to help him. He's probably a racist. And the Lord rebuked me right there. And he said, and you know what, Charles? And I love him too. It's like, well, he's probably a racist, Lord. So we get to this place where I'm the only one left to help the guy, as God would set it up. Because he loves me too much to leave me in that place of trying to judge a man's heart. So he's teaching me a lesson. So we sit down. We talk to this guy. He's got, got you know, got some money. And, and uh, I asked him, where where'd this money come from? He said, oh, it's a payout that I received from my uh, mission organization. I'm like, oh, he's a, he's a Christian. I said, really? What, what, what do you mean a payout? Well, I, he was in a wheelchair. He said, my, my body has betrayed me, and I can't do the mission work anymore, and this is part of my retirement that the organization has given me. Now I feel even smaller. Where'd you do mission work at? Primarily in Africa. It's like, oh, I'm stupid. I'm really dumb. <laughs> and he starts crying because he's saying, like, I can't do this work. And he starts to beat on his legs. His legs betrayed me. I can't see my brothers and sisters anymore. And he's crying at this point. And I'm like, Lord, I, I can imagine when Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up and he says, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I, right? In that moment, as I'm watching this man, I'm sitting there saying, like, I am such a bad person for judging this guy. Just based off of his outward appearance. But I learned a lesson that day. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. If someone's a racist, they're going to have to prove it to me. Right? If someone doesn't like me because of the color of my skin, they're going to have to prove that to me. I'm not just going to presuppose that that's the way that they are. And that's how we need to be as a church. That this is a place where every ethnicity of man is welcome. Doesn't matter what their skin color looks like. Doesn't matter their cultural background. You love Jesus. You're interested in, in knowing more about Jesus. You are welcome here. You're valued here. Amen? Amen. 
Because when we look in the scripture, from the start of the church, it's always been a multi-ethnic church. It's always been a multi-ethnic body. And so all men are created in the image and likeness of God. And when we don't accept that about all men, we are disrespectful to who our God is because he's created every man. Now, the thing that we also need to understand that makes us different is that we have a moral compass. We have, you know, intellectual ability. We have a, like a spiritual heritage, right? The, the animals don't have this. I know some of you believe that your dog and cat are just super intelligent, and they may be for a dog or a cat, but they're not you, right? And look how, look how brilliant Fluffy is. Yeah, he walked around the corner to eat. He just smelled that food. They don't make him that special. You know, he's a dog. He's a cat. We're different, right? I'm going to get some letters after this, man. So we're different. Part of being made in the image and likeness of God is that we, we have, like, like the God, I'll say God's seed in us. We, we have an intellectual ability. We have a moral compass, right? We, we have a, a spiritual side of us. That's why the body, we're, we're body, soul, and spirit. So nature can reveal attributes of God, but only man is created in his image and likeness. You can look at the mountains. You can look at the stars. You can look at the sea. You can look at animals, and you can, you can understand something about God's attributes, but only man is an is, can, can reflect who God is. Only man can start to be a, a representative of who God is in the earth. Amen? In fact, when we read in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, since the creation of the world, his, meaning God's, invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, meaning the lost, are without excuse. So you can literally go sit in the wilderness. You can go sit in the woods for all of you deer hunters. You, you can sit in the woods and you can learn things about God. But only man is created in his image and likeness. Nature can reveal some things about his attributes, but only we reflect him. Now, this doesn't mean that man that God looks like us, has two arms and two legs and all that other kind of stuff. It, that, that's not what it means to be made in the image and likeness of God. In fact, John uh, 4, 24 says that God is spirit, right. right? That God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So what does it mean to be made in the image and likeness of God? I want to take some time to, to start to dig into that because it says God made man in his image and according to his likeness. First of all, made means to fashion. God already made the, the ground and the, the dust of the earth, and he took that and he refined it more and made a man. Then he took man, a rib from man, and refined that even more and made a woman. So women, give us a break. We're not as refined as you are. Okay. Did I help y'all out, men? 
So when it says that man is made in God's image, it literally means that we are his representative figure. Or another way, and it, this is an actual word uh, that we can use in this, we're an idol. Now, now don't, don't, don't get off track right here. Let me explain that. Because when people have these wooden images, what are they? They are a physical representation of their God. And so when God has put man on the earth as his representative figure or like a little idol, it's, it's so that the rest of creation can look at us and start to understand something about our God. We should be able to look at one another and learn something about our God. You know, it's like my wife is, is, is very, she's full of mercy and it, 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 it convicts me because it's like I, I'm not that merciful. But I learn about God's mercy by my interaction with, with my wife. Right? I learn about how intelligent God is by, by hanging out with Renee and... <laughs> I know Doc thought I was going to say him, but uh, by hanging out with Renee, I learned about the brilliance of God. But we're, we're the Lord's representative figure. Think about it like this. We are the Lord's ambassador in the earth. An ambassador, an American ambassador who goes to another nation represents the interest of the nation of America. And that's who we are. We represent God and his interest and his kingdom, which is spiritual, in this physical realm. That's what it means to be made in God's image. Well, what about likeness? Well, likeness just means that we're his his model. Um, The greatest way I can think about explaining this is my father-in-law, he loves cars and he loves model cars. And he gave us as a housewarming gift a model of a 1953 Cadillac. And I mean, this thing is, it's pretty immaculate. It's, I, it, it's pretty cool. And as I look at that, it's like, wow, this is, this is really nice. But I also realize this model doesn't start to touch what the real thing is. It's, it's just, a, it's just a, a, it gives me some insight into what the 1953 Cadillac, I think El Dorado, was actually like. It doesn't tell me everything about it. It can't do everything that that Cadillac did, but it's a great model. And so that's who we are called and created to be. It's a physical representation of this God that nothing in creation can fully comprehend. And when I say nothing in creation, I'm speaking about the angels as well. Because the ones that are around his throne... They, they can't get past God's holiness. That's why all they say is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. They can't get past his holiness. We can't even fully understand that. And so God has us here as his likeness to just be a model that can give creation some kind of insight into who our God is that we serve. So being created in the image or made in the image and likeness of God is not about physical attributes as much as it is about we represent him and his kingdom in this physical world. And that we are to be a, if I can use this word, a reflection 
to the best of our ability of who God is. Amen? The animals can't do that, right? Where's Liz? Is she here? Your cat can't do that, Liz. Not the way you can. <laughs> Roman, or I'm sorry, uh, John, uh, John chapter 4, verse 24, once again, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, as we look in back into Genesis chapter 9, because I also said the reason why this concept of the multi-ethnic church is important, first, is because we are all created in the image and likeness of God. The second aspect of that is we all come from the same father, Noah. And so in Genesis chapter 9, verse 18, it's after the flood, and it says, Now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was a father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these, the whole earth was populated. The entire earth was populated from these three sons. Pastor, we know this. We didn't come here this morning to hear that. Yeah, some of you did not know that. Most of you probably knew that. But we need to really start to look into that a little bit deeper. Because as you start to understand these three sons of Noah, there's some things that that, that, that really come about. I, I actually want to ask Lexi if you could put up that table of nations because from these three sons, you can see Noah at the top, Japheth, Ham, and Shem, and then these are the sons that came from each one of those, one of those men. I got this from Bible.com, uh, okay, so I want to give them credit. I didn't put this together. But it's very interesting because Japheth, who is to the, to the left, our left, he is where uh, what we would say the white man comes from. Uh, Ham is where what we would call the black man comes from. And then Shem is where everyone else comes from, primarily, okay? Now, there's, I, I want to read this to you, and, and I, don't, I don't have it in the, in the um, I don't have it for you to put up there, Lexi, but there's an interesting story that happens in Genesis chapter 9 where one of the grandsons of Noah does something just wicked. We, we're not going to get into that. But Noah, he awakes from his wine and he finds out what his younger son did to him. And he says, curse be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brethren. And he said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servants. So as whatever it is that Ham did, Noah wakes up and he, he, curse, he places a curse on him. Now, this is important when we, look, when we look here. I just want to show you something. Because Canaan, you can see, is one of the sons of Ham, the fourth son of Ham. And he says, cursed is Canaan. And he shall be a servant to his brothers. Canaan doesn't even exist anymore. God has wiped out that lineage of man. But before the Lord wiped him out, he ended up serving the people of Shem. Now, when we see directly, not directly, four, three lines under Shem is Eber, which is where all the Hebrew people come from. And Peleg, you can see Peleg is off to the left. And Abraham is at the bottom. 
Now, remember when in David's day, Jerusalem was occupied by the Jebusites. Remember that? And David, he kills Goliath, and he takes the head of Goliath, and he runs to, to, to Jerusalem, and he holds that head up to the Jebusites, saying to them, like, you're next, because this land belongs to us. The Jebusites are part of Ham's lineage. And what was Noah's word, right? That blessed be the God of Shem and Canaan will be his servants. The Philistines came from that lineage. All these people that are, that are dogging the people of God in the Old Testament, most of them came from Ham's line. Right? Why is this important? Well, because it's, it's just in us, because of the sins of our fathers, to be divided ethnically. And we have to fight against that. We have to work to overcome that. Because just because this thing has existed for centuries and thousands of years doesn't mean that it's pleased the Lord. It doesn't mean that we can't worship the same God. In fact, worship the same God together. We're doing it separately. Well, but, you know, like, like I told my story last week about how when I, when I first went to Covenant Church, I was thinking, how can I, can I sit under a white pastor? That wasn't totally rooted in racism that was in me. Some of that was about style. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to say it. Black people are a little more emotional. A lot more. And, you know, so it's like, I, I, I don't want to just sit here and listen and, amen. You know, I, I want to get some movement in. I want the word to, you know, I want some excitement. You know what I'm saying? Am I, I don't want to offend anybody, but, and, 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 but we should be able to appreciate the differences in all of us. That's why I love that our worship team is becoming more diverse because we get various different styles that we can enter in. And, and Tim, Tim put it perfectly. He said, you know, with, with black and white on our team, we, we can kind of mix the two and just become breakthrough worship. We don't have to be a black team or a white team. We can, we can have our own unique sound, right? Instead of being like a remix or a remodel of something that's already out there, let, let's, let's be who God has called us to be as the body of Christ or as, the, as, the, uh, as a part of the body of Christ and as a local body of believers. And that should be reflected in everything that we do. There's 70 nations that came from the three sons of Noah. And just because they were divided doesn't mean we have to be. Amen. We can get back to saying, no, we're family. Our skin colors are different, but we're family. We all come from the same place. Amen. We're all worshiping the same God anyway. Why can't we do it together? And as we start to worship God together, maybe, maybe we become attracted to a, attractive to a divided world. Maybe they start to look into what it is that we have that's so different and unique and they can start to look at themselves and begin to heal and reconciliation can start to take place. Amen? It's important because we all come from the same Father. 
Now, when we look at this divisiveness that has happened, I think it started in Genesis chapter 11, and I want to read this story to you. Um, it talks about Genesis, Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 1. It says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass that as they journeyed <clears throat> from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had bricks for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. Let's just pause here for a second. Let's make a name for ourselves so that we don't get scattered abroad across the whole face of the earth. So they're, they're trying to do something to, to, to bring or to keep unity, keep us together and to bring protection. Because I can imagine the whole earth is still kind of a little nervous because this flood has just happened. Right? And God has wiped everyone out. Like, we got to stick together. Think about our 9-11 and how united our nation was for about five weeks, unfortunately, only for five weeks. But it was united. It wasn't about black and white, Christian and non-believer, educated, unet, rich, poor. We're Americans. It's amazing how tragedy can unify people. And so they're in this place where they don't want to be scattered abroad over the face of the earth, so they have this unity. Verse 5, it says, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, listen to this, the people are one, and they have one language, and this is what they began to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over the face of the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, the name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language, in all, in the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. So the very thing that they were trying not to do or trying to prevent ended up happening. And this is where I believe this whole thing of ethnic divisiveness started. I know some of you might be thinking, well, then you're saying God created that divide. No, not at all. Their wicked intentions created that divide. Because had they said, we're coming together to worship God, I think God's blessing would have been on that project. But their, their intention was, let's be our own God. Let's build a tower into heaven, right? They're, they're, so the Lord is, it was God's love that scattered them abroad on, upon, upon the whole face of the earth. Does that make sense? It wasn't because God is wicked or God is bad. No, they had evil intentions. Now, this is why I think this is where the ethnic divide came. It's because now they can't understand each other's speech. People who used to be best friends maybe speak different languages. And if you have any insecurity in you, just go around someone that speaks a language that you don't understand. I remember I was with a family member, 
and uh, we were out of state, and we went to uh, a Chinese restaurant. You know, this was before I was married and had kids. And we went to this Chinese restaurant, and we're standing there waiting to eat. And they, the, the workers uh, began to speak in a language me and this person did not understand. And they turned to me and said, I know they're talking about me. I was like, do you speak that language? No, I just, I just know that they are. You don't know that. You literally do not know that because you have no idea what they're saying. And I said, there's some insecurity in you that needs to be healed. We couldn't even have a good meal because this person couldn't get over the fact that the hostess and the waiter, waiter were talking about her. See, we, we don't have to have big things that cause us to divide. It could be something as silly as, I don't understand the language that's being spoken. I don't like those people. And we blame it on them because they don't like me. We're projecting on people what's in our own heart. Right? We're projecting on them our own wickedness. That was my issue when the man walks into the, into the bank. I, you got some racism in you that needs to be dealt with. Don't try to put that on him. That's you. So as we see this, the people are coming together for wicked intentions, and the Lord is saying, I can't allow this because nothing that, they're going, that they plan to do will be withheld from them. I've got to separate their language, and we've got to divide them up because they have wicked intentions. And I believe that's where the ethnic divisiveness really began. In the heart of man. They start to separate in these different nations uh, based off of, you know, that table of nations we put up earlier. Uh, they probably did separate somewhat based off of skin color because all of those different, like I said, that's 70 different nations that are there and the Bible can show you where they dwelled and that they looked very similar. So why are we thousands of years later, as the body of Christ, still buying into this foolishness when we know that the divide happened from wicked intentions? Am I making sense here? We know that this has come about because man had evil in his heart and the Lord says, I love him too much to let this thing come to pass. So let me divide them. Let me separate them. Because I have a better plan for mankind. That's why you shouldn't just go to a church. You should pray and ask the Lord, is this where you have me planted? And you shouldn't just leave a church because the pastor's a jerk. Or because the colors of the wall are red. Or I don't like how long service is. Or whatever else. You leave because God has said your time and your season here is up. And let me say this. That doesn't always correlate with you being offended. 
right? In fact, most of the time when you're offended and your time is up, no. It's probably the very reason God has you there is so that you start to look internally and change something that needs to be changed. As the people of God, worshiping together from all ethnicities, I believe, is a more accurate reflection of what God desires the church to be. Right? I want to close with a couple verses here <clears throat> because I believe, once again, that the multi-ethnic church is what our nation needs to see. If, if, if we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, then we have to understand this racial divide in our nation and that creeps into the church has demonic origins. And so we can't overcome a spiritual enemy with laws and protests and arguments and fights. We can't overcome a spiritual problem with bullets and all these different weapons of natural warfare. We have to fight spiritual beings in the spirit. Does that make sense? So one of the ways that I believe we can start to fight racism and and uh, ethnic division is by going contrary to that, right? You know, the Bible, the Bible talks about coming out of your old man and, and walking in newness of life. And, and, what he's in, and I think it's in Ephesians. It starts to talk about um, if you stole before, don't steal anymore. Now work so that you have enough to give to every good work. If you were a liar before, tell the truth, Right? If you are an angry, wrathful person, don't let the sun go down on your, deal with it quickly, right? Like sometimes we're looking for these, these, these crazy spiritual uh, solutions to the problems that we're having, and when, it, when in reality, there's some very practical things that we can do. If you have a problem lying, stop doing that. Just tell the truth, Right? And so if we want to truly see the church become a better reflection of who God has created us to be, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, then we have to work to go against the grain. We have to make it a priority. And that doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings. That means that we need to be willing to step outside of our comfort zone and befriend people who don't look like us. We have to be willing to listen, take our political ears off, and just listen with our God ears. Right? Just listen with our God ears. Take your racist ears off, because I'm sorry to tell you, Right? This might not be a good confession, but it's the truth. All of us have a little bit of that in us. And we should be fighting every day to get it out of us. Right? I thought I was good. You know, after the Lord dealt with me with this man in the bank, and a few years later, I'm watching the Olympics. I had no dog in the fight. I'm cheering for this guy. And the Lord says to me, why? 
he's black and everyone else is white. And this is how I justified it. I, I like to see black people have success, which is the truth. I do. But the Lord was also showing me, no, part of that is not right. Part of that is not right. That guy could be totally wicked. And the one you're rooting against could be your brother in Christ. And you're making a decision based off of skin color. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I think I told the story before where I was sitting to go onto an on-ramp and these guys turned in front of me to get on the on-ramp before me. It was a brand new uh, Cadillac Escalade. and I mean, it looked nice. It's an Escalade. And uh, there are two guys driving it, two black guys driving it. They had dreads. And this thought came into my head. I said, I wonder how they got that. I was like, oh, I bet they're drugs or something. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why am I going there? I said, maybe they play for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and I'm not joking. The Spirit of the Lord said, or maybe they're a financial advisor just like you. Maybe they're a doctor. I said, Lord, what is, like, I'm, I'm a black man. Why would I go there? And he said, because of the culture that you live in. And it paints pictures. And those pictures are effective even in the minds of those who look like the other people. It's like, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. We have to start to work against this as the body of Christ because we're called to win the nations to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, it says, Paul speaking, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, and listen to this, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. I didn't hear him speaking about any specific ethnicity, Eddie. But he's, he's challenging us to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know how we do that? Just listen. You don't have to agree. You do not have to agree. You know, I'm, I'm looking at Tim up here, and Tim and I had a conversation last week before service, right? And it, it, was, it, was, it was along the lines of, of what the world calls race, we'll say ethnicity. And the thing that I appreciated about Tim, because him and I were seeing things 
not, it wasn't confrontational at all, but we just kind of saw things from two different perspectives. And you know what he did? He sat there and he listened to me. I don't know if he ever agreed or not. I don't really care. But the fact that he listened told me that's my brother and he loves me enough to listen and consider. And so I try to do the same thing. Listen and consider. I don't have to say I agree with you. But I can listen. And I can, can consider. And I may not agree with you. I may think that you're wrong. But I can't tell you the way that makes you feel is wrong. And so I can apologize for that. What happened to us being able to just love each other enough to, and I'm not saying go along to get along. I'm saying just listen. Genuinely listen. And we all know when we're not being listened to, right? My wife's good at that. She'll be talking to me, and I'll start zoning out, and she'll be like, and it's like, no, I'm, I'm listening to you. She's like, no, you're not. It's like, oh, you're right, I wasn't. What, tell me again. What's, you know, she knows when I'm zoning out or when I don't agree. And so I just stop listening. The Lord said to me, be nicer to her. Just listen. So I'm really trying to lock in and listen. Because I want unity in my house. I want peace in my home, Amen. right? Is it just me, ladies, that do that or tell on your husbands? If you, no, I'm joking. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because there's one body, there's one spirit, there's one hope and calling, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all of us. Because we were created in the image and likeness of God. So I want to be a champion of the multi-ethnic church. I want to see this place be a multi-ethnic church. I remember one of my clients asking, saying, I'd love to come to your church, but would I be welcome? I said, well, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm not, I'm not black. I said, my wife ain't either. And, you know, she's welcome. And at the time, like, there wasn't a lot of black people here. I said, in fact, I'm like the one black guy there. I think it was like me and Danny, you know, at the time. It's like, no, you'll be welcome. Trust me. I said, we're a church that desires to have every kind of person worship Jesus. Let that become a culture. Let that be a part of our DNA. Because we're all created in the image and likeness of God and we all come from Noah. So we're brothers and sisters anyway. Amen. Amen. Father, we give you honor. And-